And then when I saw that I made more money on my side hustle than I did my actual federal government job, um, I was like, okay, this math is not mathing. Are you ready to get unapologetically loud about your brand? Are you ready to stop playing small and grow your business to be everything that you've ever desired? Then you're in the right place. My name is Stephanie Rollins, and I'm a digital marketing strategist and marketing coach who's ready to help you implement easy, proven marketing strategies to grow your business. We'll dive into strategies for email marketing, lead generation, social media, productivity, and we'll even have candid conversations about the craziness behind being a business owner. Welcome to the Simple Sexy Marketing Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here listening wherever you're at, in your car, on your workout. We have an amazing conversation today with Miss Electra Harris and um, I wanted to bring her on the show because we've worked together in another capacity um, a few years ago and she just has this really amazing, humbling aura about her. Even though she's very outgoing, she's still somebody that kind of uh, can kind of bring a lot of calm into your life. And um, I just really enjoyed working with her. So I wanted to bring her on the show today because when we were working together, uh, one of the first things that she shared with me was that she made six figures in her first year of business. And I know for a lot of new business owners, that's a goal that you have is to reach your first six figures. And Electra was able to do it in a year because she hustled super hard. So so happy to have her here on the show. Electra, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and your business. Tell us about what your business does. Well, um, my name is Electra Harris, creator and founder of Mystique Naturals, where we specialize in creating temporary hair coloring that is completely free of harsh chemicals along with other natural products. Uh, and I started my brand in um, 2017. Uh, and we became an LLC in 2018. Um, a little bit about me, um, Army Brett, uh, military, uh, myself, um, a mom, uh, and now newly mom to a beautiful seven-month-old and recently married. And um, I just enjoy uh, expressing myself through my hair in various ways, but definitely predominantly in um, hair color. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Awesome. So you just said that you like expressing yourself in a lot of different ways, which I mean, I've seen it firsthand. So <laughs> I know you're, you've got that like just creative artistic vibe about you. So what was like, you and I have, we, we've talked, we've had a few conversations um, over the years just about um, your personal life and we're not going to go deep into anything like that, but I just really want to know like, what was the passion behind you starting your business? Like what was the thing that made you say, okay, I need to get my business going because somebody that hustled as hard as you did, a lot of people in the first year, they'll kind of, you know, dabble a little bit and, you know, if they make money, great. But if not, like they're not super disappointed because they didn't set out like to reach a specific goal, but you made that six figures in your first year and you hustled for it. So what was the, what was just the driving passion for you for it when you, when it came to starting your business? Um, well, um, I guess my driving passion was because the people wanted it. Um, it wasn't really something like I, I wanted, I, I just set out to a hundred percent be an entrepreneur, like some entrepreneurs do. Um, and, and it's, it's nothing, you know, towards them. It was just me. 
um, I realized that there was a desire, you know, um, and not a lot of people doing what I was doing. So um, I wanted to then do what so many people told me I was able to do. I actually had more people pouring into me than my own self drive to be to mm. to be able to do where I do what I did. You know, um, and sometimes it takes those people who are in your corner and have seen um, who you are and who you can be to to give you that that little kind of stimuli to push you uh, to where you're you're going to be in the future. Um, so once I saw that the brand can make money and a good bit of it, and then when I saw that I made more money on my side hustle than I did my actual federal government job. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I, this math is not mathing. So I need to, uh, <laughs> I think I need to transition. And if I can give this, my side hustle, the 10 hours that my job has, um, I want to see what that can do. So it was more like steps, you know, um, and more of more aha moments that allowed me to take the steps um, because um, if, if I didn't see uh, those little, um, I guess, uh, positive things happening within the brand, I don't think that I would have jumped ship and bet on myself the way that I did. Mm. So you had a lot of people around you who were encouraging you to get this business up and going and the demand was just crazy. So you just had to do it. Yes, they were definitely like, if yeah. you made this for me, I'd buy it. And I'm like, oh, word? <laughs> you know, it was more or less yeah. like that. And what yeah, I think was... is so great about that, that's like a huge blessing because a lot of people just kind of jump in and they're really not sure like what's going to happen. They're just kind of, you know, stepping out on faith and saying, okay, well, hopefully this works. And if it doesn't, then I can always go back to work. So I think that's amazing. So tell us a little yeah. bit about like the beginning formula. How did you, you don't have to tell us the formula obviously, but like, how did you come up with the formula? Like what, what made you start experimenting with things that ultimately led to my sticky naturals? Okay. So, uh, basically <laughs> I wanted to dye my hair, uh, again, because I've dyed my hair several times over the years. I've been natural since 2010 and I have done some of everything to this head and, uh, and including dyeing it. And then once it fell out the last time, I just vowed to never dye my hair again. And we all know, you know, as women, that's a lie. Um, so, uh, like I was feeling like, you know, um, just itching, you know, I'm like, I really need to dye my hair, but I just need to keep my hair in my head. So mm -hmm. I decided to experiment with different, um, natural, uh, colorants to try to color my hair, even tried rinses, demi-permanent, semi-permanent, just none, nothing was really giving me that vibe that I needed or that vibrance, you know, that I needed, you know, yeah. when I, when I felt it, you know. When, when I'm trying to change my color or when I'm looking at the color, it just wasn't, it wasn't it. Then finally I found um, a great concoction for myself. You know, like I said, it's, it, it really wasn't a hundred percent me 
you know, trying to find something to sell. It was about me, you know, and then when I started changing my hair color and people started noticing, that's when they wanted in on it, you know, and then, uh, you know, as it began to be expensive, because I was kind of doing it for free, because that's what you do in the beginning, because <laughs> you're just excited, <laughs> you know, um, then, you know, they're definitely like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely pay for it. So, you know, one color ter- turned into 12. What was the first color that you came out with? You said you have 12. What was the very first one? Was it blue? The first color? No, wait, it was purple. Yes, it was. It was. Yes, purple. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was blue at first, but then I was like, wait, no. This is Electra. I know it was purple. Okay. Yes. Purple. Awesome. Yeah, that's so fitting for like your personality too. So awesome. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So let's go ahead and get into like the meat. We know the backstory. We know that people loved it. Um, you know, once they started seeing you kind of experiment with it, tell us about your first 100K year. What did you do to make it to your first 100K? What strategies did you use? Okay, well, within my first year before I became full time entrepreneur, I actually I worked a nine to five. Then mm-hmm. I I I started to believe that my my job was actually my investor. So in order for me to not get disgruntled with my job, I was like, okay, I'm going to spend about eight hours with my investor. And then when I come home, I'm going to, you know, give my kids about like a couple of hours, you know, um, after I finish, because as soon as I get home, they have homework. So it wasn't like I had to jump in immediately in mommy mode, you know, so right. whatever homework that they have, but still be working. And then I would work up into a certain point and I would tell the children, at this time, come get mommy. At this time, I will come to a stopping point. And that's how I did the work-life balance. Um, and then um, I did a lot of trade shows. Um, I did um, podcasts. I was in articles. Um, and I uh, transitioned to focusing online. Uh, I did um, a lot of videos, tutorials. Um, I, I did influencer marketing ambassador, um, program, uh, and I really just saved the money and, and, and replenished it in back into the business, you know? So Mm -hmm. it it was a bunch of, of, uh, real, like real life hustling, you know, it wasn't, you know, any Facebook ads or any of that stuff really the first time. All of it was like organic, you know, which yeah. was like super dope at the time when the world was open, <laughs> you know, where you right. were able to do, you know, those sorts of things, you know, and what they call bootstrap. Um, so, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what I love about just you and your brand and that success story, because like some people, they're not willing to beat the streets. Right. And that's exactly what you did. You're getting out, you're making yourself known. And it's literally like by any means necessary. I remember when I, um, well, for those of you who don't know, I used to have like a small cosmetics brand and it flopped miserably, mainly because I didn't know anything about marketing. But, um, I remember I would try to like, I tried cold calling. Okay. I will never do it again. I don't think it's for me. I don't like cold anything. So I tried cold calling this lady at this Airbnb. Cause I was like, there, I used to work at a restaurant and we would have like some person would come and make sugar scrubs and sell them to the restaurant and they would just have them in the bathrooms and everybody would, they just loved it. They would come and buy it 
and say, oh my gosh, I love this scrub. And all it was was sugar and oil. And I was like, I have a way better scrub than this. So I had called up an Airbnb and I'm like, hey, oh wait, no, it was just a regular bed and breakfast, not an Airbnb. I, I called her and I was like, hi, I was so nervous. You could tell I had like zero confidence. And I was like, my name is Stephanie. I own Bella Michelle Cosmetics. And I just wanted to chat with you really quickly about having my scrub in your bed and breakfast. And she had like the biggest attitude. She was like, I'm in the middle of something. I don't have time for this. And I was just kind of like, okay, I'm never calling anyone again. <laughs> like When I hung up, I was like, yeah, that was my first and last time doing that. I'm never doing that again. So if if I'm like that over the phone, you could just imagine how it was like in person. It was definitely, it's an, it can be intimidating for some people, but you didn't let that hold you back. You made it happen. Trade shows, for anybody who is a product-based um, entrepreneur, there can be so much fun, but there are a lot of work. And if you don't have the right type of personality, that could be a little draining. It could yes. be a little draining. So to do a lot of trade shows and stuff, it really takes like just a lot of energy and fire to do that. So yes, yeah, I think that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about some of the trends that you noticed like while you were on your journey to 100K. So you mentioned that you did the trade shows. You said that you got press, you were doing podcasts, um, influencer marketing. Were there any trends that you noticed amongst all of the things that you were doing? Um, and any trends as far as like what was working really well or when you sold more versus when you didn't sell as much? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yes, I learned uh, within the first year um, heavily about uh, seasons. Um, and then there were mm. certain seasons for certain shows, um, certain places you should go during specific times. Um, the trends were uh, literally... Um, the bigger the the uh, trade show name and the longer it's been around, the more people would show. Um, mm -hmm. And then towards the end of that year, I realized that um, even before COVID was really starting to die down, that trade shows were starting to die down because the world was becoming more uh, e-commerce, you know, based, mm -hmm. you know, so that is a, a downwards trend that I, we started to notice was, hey, the trade show business is, is not you know, um, as up to par as it used to be. Um, so mm -hmm. for me, um, I knew that at some point we're going to have to pivot. We're going to have to start really understanding this website thing, you know, this social media, you know, uh, business, uh, and everything like that. So, um, what was working the best at that time was trade shows, um, and word of mouth, honestly, and doing, um, tutorials, uh, was really, really big. Um, and because, you know, we were one of the first people out doing it, there was a lot of people who were trying to get their hands on it. So we had a lot of influencers doing things, you know, for free, you know, just for content. Um, so that was really dope. Um, so yeah, that, that was the life at that point. It was much easier kind of to me than it is now. Yeah. Well, and I think you're doing the trade shows that actually, whether you know or not prepared you for something that a lot of people are afraid of today. And that's just showing your face oh, yeah. on social media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause you have to get used to talking to people and you have to understand the questions that they have that way, you know, you can, you can pop on a quick social media video, like on Instagram or something like that and create a quick 15 second reel or whatever it is regarding mm -hmm. your product. And it's nothing. 
Some people are absolutely terrified of showing their face on camera, on social media, and they don't, they want to hide behind their brand versus being the face of their brand. Yeah. And I think what people don't realize is that a lot of people want to buy from other people and not just like, you know, a, a business with no personality. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that definitely helped to prepare you for that, even though like, you know, there's not as many trade shows now. Mm-hmm. Um, or just a lot of bigger events. And that also depends on where you go. Mind right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even though we don't have those as much, those skills still transferred to something else. So I think that's awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your process when it comes to gauging whether or not something is going to work when it comes to testing out different tactics. So as a business owner, you know, what may work for you may not work for somebody else. But when you start testing things out, you could probably, if you're paying attention, you could probably tell sooner rather than later that something's not going to work. What's your process for deciding whether or not something is going to work and whether or not you're going to continue to kind of implement that same strategy in your business? Um, Well, the first thing we look for, of course, is, you know, show me the money. You know, so if it's not creating sales because this product is, is really you know, a visual product, you know, and it's, and it's an Mm -hmm. impulse product, you know, most people, they see it and and they want it or they see it and they don't, you know, it's not like you have to see it like a few hundred times, you know, it's one of those, I call them, you know, the infomercial uh, customers that we have, you know, if you get them in a certain amount of time and they buy, then that's the big thing. The next thing we look for um, is, um, you know, do we have an influx because that means more word of mouth is happening. You know, there's more people telling other people, hey, go look at this, or they're sharing the link or something like that. So do we have more people, even if they're not buying, do we have more views? Do we have more clicks? Mm-hmm. You know, do we have, you know, um, more people that are, you know, uh, engaged on the website, even if they're not clicking anything? You know, those are the things that we look at on the back end to find out if it's working or not. And if we don't see any changes from anything that we've, um, you know, thrown out prior to that one, then we know that specific thing that we tried did not work. Got it. Are you a professional course taker? Now, don't take any offense to me asking that, but I really need to know. Have you ever purchased courses only to go through them and think to yourself, okay, what am I supposed to do next? That's because most courses just share a concept with you and then they leave you to figure out the rest on your own. What you really need is a repeatable system that brings you sales and leads on autopilot and helps your business run on its own. I had to learn this the hard way, so I have a special gift for you. I have a free, no fluff, 50 minute training that shows you exactly how to implement systems like this with just six steps. Just go to unbreakablebiztraining.com to sign up for it now or you can go to the link in today's show notes and watch it now. Is there anything in particular that you ask people to do on social media? Because your product is one of those where it's easy to tell somebody about it. Um, because I think, you know, the problem that you were explaining earlier is a problem that a lot of black women have. Um, or I'm not going to even just, you know, narrow it down to black women. A lot of women have this problem where you want your hair a certain color, but you know, it can break off and get damaged if you're not taking care of it properly, or it could just do any of those things, even if you're trying to take care of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So do you guys push your, like, do you consistently push people to share or do you kind of find that it happens naturally? 
Um, I feel like it happens more naturally because our tagline is hair color without um, the damage. So mm-hmm. first thing is like, okay, it's hair color and there's no damage. So that's it's automatically right. initially intriguing. Um, and then once they realize how simple it was by looking at a tutorial, you know, they're either going to buy it, share it, you know, or both. You know, sometimes you do have those customers that need to see it a couple times, but usually mm-hmm. uh, when we're dealing with the t- tutorials that we share, um, you know, they see it, see it takes about maybe 30 seconds, 50, 59 seconds and their hair color has changed. Mm. So where are you sharing your tutorials? Are you doing it on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook? Where are you doing it? All of the social media we can find. So Twitter, Mm -hmm. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, our website. As soon as you get on our website, there are tutorials immediately, you know, um, showing you exactly what's going on with the brand. So we're constantly, because it is a let me see uh, product, you know, we're, we're constantly showing, you know, what it is and what it does almost immediately. I love that. Um, I think one of the things that we um, kind of learned together while we were working together is that if people, like sometimes if people don't buy your products, sometimes it's because they need to know a little bit more about it. They need to be educated a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. And so having those tutorials, because I, I feel like with a product like yours, it's easy to make assumptions. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like if you're not watching like how to do it, right? So mm-hmm. No, I think that's great. And you're using Instagram Reels, right? I know Instagram Reels are so big right now. Yes, we we are awesome. um, definitely using the Reels. Yeah. How has that increased your reach? Um, I believe that visibility-wise, um, what we were doing for Facebook paying for um, you know advertisements and then people seeing it and then going to our page and liking us, Facebook Reels kind of takes the place or in or Instagram really kind of like both of them now because we are on both yeah. um are taking the place of that and actually helping us save money um more so than just the views is what I'm noticing and yeah that's oh that's awesome I mean anything that saves money like yeah because when you when you're a small business owner yeah every every penny counts for sure yes so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about some unexpected things that you probably need to have in place in order to be successful with sales. So you've got a very vibrant personality and I actually just had a picture pop in my head of you with your wig. I actually just remembered the wig just now. (laughs) So you, you've always had like a really vibrant personality, but not everybody has that. I feel like that's probably a huge reason why you've been so successful in your business. But what are some things that people need to have that they probably wouldn't think they need to have in order to be successful in sales for their business? Uh, Well, the number one thing I want to say is a lot of people, um, they wouldn't know it to look at me. And I've done now a lot of assessments and even shared them on my Facebook because I always have felt in the inside because I've spent majority of time with myself that I'm actually an introvert, but I have extrovert tendencies. Because I've learned yeah. how to turn it off and on. If you live with me, you would be like, that. there's no way that that's that person, <laughs> you know, because I'm quiet. I'm in my room and I'm one, you know, place. 
And what I would like for a lot of people who are, you know, very talented um, and have ideals, uh, both service-based and product-based, is to learn how to turn off and on your introvertness, even though it's not Mm. a word, but learn how to turn that off and on because you have to build that know, like, and trust factor. And in this day and age, a lot of people, um, as you said earlier, are trying to buy from a person they want to feel a part of. They want to know the behind the scenes. They want to see behind the scenes. You know, they want you to show them and, and explain to them and, and, compel them to want to support you and buy from you and ride with you. You know, so for me, I feel like um, a lot of people feel they can't do specific things. And if you feel 100% at the end of the day that what I'm saying is just still not going to happen, find you a person that's going to be able to be that front running person for you and be the face because if you're not going to be the face, somebody needs a face because long gone are the days of BB hair grease where nobody knows who the owner is and you still buy it. now everybody is right. in everyone's business that's what social media is about you know the first thing they want to do before they buy it you can have the best you know hair crack on the planet someone's going to your about page to learn about you because we enter a society where people are you know inherently knows it. you know they want to know more about you so um i think that that is just something uh, a lot of people uh don't take it into consideration um as introvert people um i think that you definitely should have um a no- knowledge of <laughs> of uh automations you know automating your business um and not becoming a one man show to where it burns you out um, right now, we have so many um, systems and programs uh, that we can use apps, you know, to where you're you're not having to hire 10,000 people, you know, now to um, to make your business run, you know, um, and, and now you have, uh, you know, mach- not machines, but um, you have apps that can do what humans have done and do it more accurately. You know, it doesn't necessarily replace you know, but it does help, you know, in some sense. Um, you definitely want uh, to have some sort of customer service uh, skills um, because until you're able to hire that team, you want to make sure that you know, because the customer service will kill a good brand. Rather, I mean, yeah. it can, you it, you can be selling God's, you know, uh, feathers, okay, uh, from <laughs> his back. And if you have a nasty disposition, a nasty attitude, no follow up and things of that nature, or you don't, you know, someone sends you a long email and you write, you write back, the answer to their question is just no period send, you know, that's not really <laughs> going to be good customer mm-hmm. service feel, you know? So, um, I mean, I can actually go on, but I will say the last thing you definitely need to know is from the beginning no matter how small you are, is to learn and know and keep up with your numbers. Mm. Yeah, I think that's something uh, a lot of people probably shy away from. I definitely could be better with my numbers. I know a lot of people shy away from that. And I think it's because, well, this is just me, but I feel like a lot of people, when somebody says like, know your numbers, they think of those people on, those entrepreneurs on Shark Tank that are just like spitting out like all these random numbers. And they're like, well, I don't know that. Like, I I ain't even got there yet. So I don't even know. 
But, you know, yeah, you definitely need to, you know, have like a basic sense of like what's going on in your business financially and what you can afford, especially if you're a product-based business. Because the costs of the product can add up if you're not careful, if you're not paying attention, especially now with like all the shipping stuff with COVID. I know that's been like such a nightmare for people. Yes. So I want to touch on something you said really quick about the customer service thing, okay? I don't think a lot of people realize how big that is. Like people are, they will write a negative review about you before they write a positive one about you. Yes. Yes, they will. So you have to make sure that you're doing everything that you can, especially if somebody spent their money to make sure that they're good on their end. You know, it doesn't mean the customer's always right. Cause I, I worked in hospitality for many years and I know that's not true. Right. <laughs> However, you know, you can tell based off of someone's communications, like if they're really trying to work with you and, you know, be polite and courteous versus somebody who's just trying to get over, you know? So I'm a big believer in having great customer service and also follow up yes. because a lot of people don't follow up at all. Yes. Um, and you would be surprised. I just got a coaching client and she told me, oh, I'm so shocked that you responded to my email. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you shocked? Like <laughs> you wrote me, I responded, mm-hmm. you know, why is that shocking? And she was like, well, I reached out to a few other coaches and nobody responded to my email. I was like, you reached out to somebody for services and they just didn't respond. And she was like, yeah. That's odd. I was like, well, I'm here. (laughs) I'm here and I would be more than happy to help you. So yeah, you got to make sure that you're following up with folks. Um, I am a big fan or not a big fan of when people don't follow up with me, that leaves like a lasting impression to me. So yeah, I don't, I don't bang with brands that they don't follow up because I'm just like, you know, if you won't follow up with me and I'm inquiring about your services, what are you going to do when I actually do pay you? Are you going to go with me then? You know, so yeah, definitely got to do that. Um, Okay. So let's go ahead and go into like a quick rundown. Okay. So for everyone who's starting a product-based business this year, or just at the time of them listening to this, give us like a quick and dirty list of the five things that they absolutely need to have in place in order to be successful? Um, number one, as we said, customer service. You you mm-hmm. need either the skills. Um, if you're a solopreneur, you need to you need to make sure that you have those skills until you can have someone who has the skills that you need. Um, you mm-hmm. uh, automations. I feel like is 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 number two, especially as a solopreneur, because majority of us start out solopreneurs. So I feel like you you definitely need automations. Um, you need a program that is going to help you keep up with your numbers. Um, yes, you can do Excel spreadsheets and things of that nature, um, but there are a little bit more advanced. Um, uh, ways of doing it if you're not good at creating your own Excel spreadsheets like I was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, get a program that would help you um, keep up with your numbers as a, um, especially as a product-based business when it comes to your inventory. You definitely mm-hmm. want to know what's going on and what's going out so that you can do uh, data you know, comparisons uh, each quarter. Um, you have to learn your audience, all right? A lot of us, we have a product. We're, we're just throwing it out there to everybody. You don't know who your audience, a.k.a. your avatar is. 
um, what he or she does, what they like, you know, where, where they are, what kind of education they have, their age, their race, or any other demographics. You definitely want to know, learn, and engage your, your correct audience so that you don't, you know, um, count yourself out, you know, ahead of time. Um, it's, it's just a bit of honing, I would say. Uh, and I would say continual education is very, very huge. You constantly want to learn. You want to be in the room um, with a bunch of people who are going where you're going already, where you want to be, you know, um, and or can teach you where you are to for, to help you further, you know, um, your endeavors or where you're trying to go within your business. Um, and then you you want to constantly read, you know, keep up um, your, your mental, uh, capacity to, to expand, um, within your, your brand, because you always, you can't do everything in your brand, but you always want to know a little bit about everything within your brand so that you don't fall too far behind. Or if someone leaves, you're not sitting out there like a, a lone duck, you know, because, mm. uh, you didn't know anything. Um, and that's the beauty about building a brand from the ground up, you know, is no is knowing those building blocks that you need in order to um, sustain within your brand, whether people come or whether they go. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, I just want to say one quick note just to kind of amplify what you just said. Uh, while we were working together, you know, I was also working with other people on my team. And, um, I remember telling somebody very specifically, you don't have to know how to do something, but you need to know what needs to be in place and what function it serves. Because yeah, if somebody does leave your team, you can't just be stuck. You know what I mean? Or, you know, if you need to do something, you have to know exactly how to explain it to a vendor or something like that. You can't remain stuck because you don't know what's going on. I love mm -hmm. that. Um, whole point about continual learning, like you have to continue to be a student. Absolutely. And that's something that you've done really well at. You get out and you talk to people and you make connections with people and you're in a mastermind and you're investing in yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's great. Okay. Awesome. Electra, thank you so much for coming on the show. I definitely appreciate it. Let us know where we can find you online. Well, you can find me um, on our website, Mystique Naturals, M-Y-S-T-E-E-K naturals.com. And all of our show, socials are Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Facebook, and I think that's it. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like they add something new all the time. I'm like, am I missing anything? I know. Um, okay, I, I know. It's so many networks. Are you okay. on Pinterest? You're on Pinterest, right? Yes. Okay, oh. perfect. Yeah, because that's the perfect place for you. All right, awesome. So we'll have all of your social media links in the show notes and Guys, any um, information, any extra information that you want to know about Electra, we'll have that in the show notes as well. So you can just click below to go ahead and check that out. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much, Electra. Thanks for having me. Oh.